You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Barag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Psalms. The Israelites, they wake up in the morning. That's presupposing they could even sleep that night with 185,000 Assyrians outside the city walls there to kill them. They haven't realized the promise of God yet. This is all by faith. The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things yet unseen. God said he would do it, but he hasn't done it yet. So I have to believe by faith that he's going to do it. That's what being more than a conqueror means. It's knowing that you already have the victory before the battle begins. Pastor J.D. will teach a psalm of celebration when the Israelites praise God because he's delivered them. When facing a big threat, the Lord destroyed their enemies, proving that he was their very present help in trouble. He tells you not to fear, which you do in faith, believing his word and who he is. He says, be still and behold that I am God. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Psalms chapter 46 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. God shall help her just at the break of dawn. The nations raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. It's kind of like God just comes rushing onto the scene and says, yeah, I, I know the waters are roaring and the mountains are, you know, being cast into the sea and it's terrifying. Let me just settle this and settle down and calm down and no need to fear. God is now here. Verse seven, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge, Selah. Come, verse 8, behold the works of the Lord who has made desolations in the earth. He makes war cease to the end of the earth. I can't wait for that. I'm thinking, uh, I'm pretty sure it's in Revelation. It might be, well, it basically says that I think it's in the kingdom age. They will study war no more. Can you imagine that? He's going to bring an end to wars. They will cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariot in the fire. And verse 10, a favorite of many... Be still. Just those two words. Be still. Calm down. Be still. And know. And I think the emphasis here, and and bear with me here, okay. The emphasis, you know how you can change the complexion of something that you're saying by virtue of the emphasis that you place on a word? Let me try to illustrate it with verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. Okay, I'm of the belief that the emphasis is on I. Now watch this. Be still and know that I am God. Oh, 
I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. I think the emphasis is on the I. How and why can I be still? Because God declares, I am God. I have the final say. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. You know, I think about in the Old Testament, how many times God would declare to the Israelites, I am the Lord your God. Again, the emphasis on the I. Why? Because. It's as if God is saying, I am the Lord your God. They're not. I think of Aaron when Moses doesn't come back from the mountain. And the Israelites are pressuring him, I I believe threatening him. Hey, he's not coming back. This God that delivered us from the Egyptians, apparently we're in the market now for a new God. So Aaron, what are you going to do? We need a new God. So he makes him a God. This golden calf God. And they start worshiping that God. And I mean, as God is my witness, if it weren't in the scriptures, I wouldn't believe it. I wouldn't believe it. When Aaron is standing there, he has just created this golden calf God, which by the way, came from Egypt. They had many gods. They worshiped this golden calf god. And so he made them this Egyptian golden calf god, this false god. And he has the audacity to stand there after he's created this god for them to worship. And by the way, they would worship this god in gross sexual ways. That's what Moses was met with when he came down from the mountain. He stands there and he has the audacity to say to the Israelites, Behold, this is the God that delivered you from Egypt. What? (laughs) Okay. Okay, if I'm God and thank God I'm not, and thank God you're not God either. (laughs) If I'm God, I'm in heaven going, Oh really? No, no. I am the Lord your God that delivered you out of Egypt. I'd say, oh, oh, you, oh, (laughs) you're going to worship that God and you think that's the God that delivered you out of Egypt? Aloha. See ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. I mean, here's Moses, he has the Ten Commandments written by the very finger of God, comes down from the mountain, and he sees them worshiping this calf God. He breaks the commandments. I mean, how apropos is that? Because they had broken the first two of the Ten Commandments. Making for themselves this graven image and worshiping it, and bowing down to it. God could, you know, 
this again is um, interesting because one has aptly noted that the Ten Commandments should really be seen as the tender commandments because every single one of the commandments is from a loving heavenly Father who says, I am the Lord your God. That's not your God. That God has done nothing for you, can do nothing for you. That's not even a real God. That God doesn't love you. I love you. I am the Lord your God. That God didn't deliver you. I delivered you. I love you. Don't worship that God. That God is not going to be there for you. I am the Lord your God. Again, the emphasis on the I. I will be exalted in the earth. I will be exalted among the nations. Be still. Just calm down and be still and I think about when Moses, they're at the Red Sea and the Egyptians are behind them and they're already complaining. Just, I mean, you know what? There weren't enough graves in Egypt to bury us. God had to bring us out here and kill us. <laughs> you know, and God has Moses take his rod and he says this. It's almost like he's saying, uh, stand still. Maybe stand down, <laughs> be still, and behold the salvation of the Lord. I will be exalted. I am the Lord your God. I will deliver you out of Egypt. That's just verse 10. Verse 11, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. I love Psalm 46. So, Psalm 46, 47, and 48 kind of go together, which is why I want to try to get to all of them tonight. They're songs of celebration. And they're songs of celebration because God has delivered them and they're praising God for delivering them. Delivering them from who? Oh, the Assyrians. Remember? Oh, this, this is where it gets good. I don't know uh, how many of you were with us when we were in 2 Kings, but chapter 18 and 19 of 2 Kings is the account that it's believed this psalm and 47 and 48 are referring to. It's when the Assyrian army had finally reached Jerusalem. Now they've conquered all of these cities and the army of King Sennacherib had completely besieged Jerusalem, surrounded the entire city. And it's so interesting because this is how they would conquer the city. They would surround the city. And by the way, I, I don't want to get ahead of myself again. 185,000 men. That's a lot of men. Surrounding the old city. And for those of you who have been to Israel. And you know how the old city of Jerusalem is. And the city walls. 185,000 
men of the Assyrian army have completely surrounded now Jerusalem. That's where these psalms were birthed. That's what these psalms are about. And it's, it's God saying, yeah, I, I see all 185,000 of them. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted. I am your refuge. I am your help. I am your ever-present help in times of trouble. Looks like you got some trouble there, huh? Yeah. <laughs> 185,000 Assyrians. Have you heard what they do to people? Don't surrender. Don't surrender. You won't have to. You'll see. So they have completely now besieged Jerusalem and God says to them, do not be afraid. Do not fear. Nothing's going to happen. I promise you, you just be still and know that I am God. It's almost like, (laughs) I hope this doesn't mar it or spoil it, but it's almost like God is saying, watch me now. Watch me now. Oh, I I can't. Be still. Just stand there and behold the salvation and the deliverance of the Lord, your God. See what I'm going to do. Oh, what's God going to do? Oh, Isaiah chapter 37. Listen to this. Therefore, thus says the Lord concerning the king of Assyria. He shall not come into this city, nor shoot an arrow there, nor come before it with shield, nor build a siege mound against it. That's what they would do. Uh, we, we saw this more modern when we go to Masada in Israel. That ramp that they built, and they, were, they had besieged Masada, And instead of being taken captive, they all just committed this mass suicide. It's a fascinating historic account. So the same thing is happening. And God's saying, don't worry. It looks like there's a, you know, an army of this 185,000 are starting to construct a ramp. I'm not going to let that happen either. Verse 34, by the way that he came, speaking of Sennacherib's army, by the same shall he return. And, listen to this, he shall not come into this city, says the Lord. And here's why. For I will defend this city to save it for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. Remember now, Hezekiah is king. And Hezekiah did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. And God blessed Hezekiah. And God saved and delivered his city, the city that he put his name on. Literally, by the way. Okay. So how does this all go down? Okay. Uh, this is again, is I need to maybe set the stage. So what they would do, they would surround the city, cut off their water supply. And then it was just a matter of time before they would have to surrender because it can only go 
so long without water. And in the way that, in fact, when we go to Israel, for those of you who have been to Israel, they have what they call a tell in Hebrew, which means a hill. And, and sometimes these hills are made of cities that have been conquered, and then the new cities were built on top of the old cities that were conquered, and you have this tell. Now the way they would conquer these cities, they would surround them, besiege them, cut off their water supply, and then they got them. They would conquer the city. And that was the plan here with Jerusalem. They were going to surround the city of Jerusalem, the walls of Jerusalem, and they would cut off the water supply, and then they would conquer that city. And God is declaring through the prophet Isaiah, it ain't going to happen. Again, I know that's not proper English, but it ain't going to happen. I'm not going to let it happen. It will not happen. So here's what happens. God has Hezekiah build a tunnel. It's called Hezekiah's Tunnel. Again, for those of you who have been to Israel with us, you might remember walking through Hezekiah's Tunnel. There's actually two ways you can walk through it. You can walk through the part where you actually get into the water, and then there, of course, there's the dry part, which is the part I walk through. (laughs) It's uh, just... uh, it's for the older people uh, that don't want to get wet and cold. And so um, anyway, we, we walk through Hezekiah's tunnel. So God, before the Assyrians besieged Jerusalem to cut off their water supply. By the way, there's a real practical application as it relates to what the enemy does in our lives. He besieges us, he surrounds us, and he wants to cut off the water supply of God's word in our lives. And if he does, it's just a matter of time before he conquers us. I mean, it's textbook warfare. In ancient days, and certainly as it relates to spiritual warfare wants to cut off our water supply. And then he's got us. So, before the Assyrians arrive, he builds this tunnel 1,770 feet in length. And he did this so the water flow from the Gihon Spring would go into the pool of Siloam, which is within the city walls of Jerusalem. And then, very brilliant, of course God inspired him to do this, he covers the springs outside. We're going to see this when we go again. He covers the springs outside the city wall so the Assyrians would never see it. So here they are, they besiege the city, they're there to cut off the water supply and conquer Jerusalem, but oh, they, they built a tunnel and got the water inside the city and you're not going to find out how they did it. You can encamp round about them all you want for as long as you want. You ain't going to get to them and they're not going to surrender to you. So now the question becomes, okay, so they've got water, no problem. They've got the promise of God, the word of God, they are not going to enter the city. The way they came, that's how they're going to end up leaving. Uh, sort of. <laughs> and they're not going to enter. The, they're not even going to shoot an arrow. Forget building a ramp to seize the city and conquer the city. You're more than conquerors. Remember that now. 
Uh, they're not even going to shoot an arrow in there. Nothing's going to happen. God said it. That settles it. So how does God do this then? He's got them. They're safe. They're inside the city walls. They have water. Now how's God going to take care of these 185,000 Assyrians? Oh, this is where it gets even better. 2 Kings chapter 19. Listen to verse 35. And it came to pass... On a certain night, no no specific night is mentioned. We don't know the day of the month at that time. That an angel of the Lord went out. We don't even know the angel's name. This is not Gabriel. It's not Michael. I mean, it's just an angel. An angel of the Lord went out. And killed in the camp of the Assyrians 185,000. And when the people arose early in the morning, there were the corpses all dead. Oh. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Let me see if I got this straight, all right? So, God has declared, calm down, be still, and know that I am God. I'm going to take care of this. I know they're encamped around about you. They have besieged the city. They've conquered every city in their path on their way to you. And it doesn't look good. In fact, if you look at the size of this army and who this army is and the formidable threat they pose, you know this is how it ends. Two words, but God. Not even but God, just an angel of the Lord. He, just one night, just, you know, it's kind of like God says, hey, okay, go. We need an angel. Is there an intern? We can send an intern down there. we got 185,000 Assyrians we need to. And he just kills them. This actually happened. This isn't a, you know, based on a true story. You know, this, this is a true story. Can you imagine the Israelites? They wake up in the morning. That's presupposing they could even sleep that night with 185,000 Assyrians outside the city walls. There to kill them. They haven't realized the promise of God yet. This is all by faith, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things yet unseen. God said he would do it, but he hasn't done it yet. So I have to believe by faith that he's going to do it. That's what being more than a conqueror means. It's knowing that you already have the victory before the battle begins. That's what it means to be more than a conqueror. God has assured us the victory as more than conquerors in Christ. When that Assyrian army encamps around about our lives, our families, our finances, our ministries, and poses a formidable threat, be still. There's a lot to learn from the book of Psalms, and we're so glad you've joined us to sift through it all with Pastor J.D. Farag on In Spirit and Truth. The range of emotions expressed in the pages we've been studying give us an accurate and beautiful picture of our Heavenly Father, the almighty and loving creator of the world. Before we end our time with you today, we'd like to share how you can access more of these messages right now. Simply visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and click on Listen to search through our archive of Pastor J.D.'s teachings. You can even take these messages with you on the go with our mobile app. 
Find a link to our app on our website or search for In Spirit and Truth in your app store. This will provide you with hours of insight into the Bible, helpful links, and access to the latest editions of Pastor J.D.'s Mideast Prophecy Update. In these updates, Pastor J.D. takes a critical look at the news and events happening around the globe and compares them to the prophecies of the Bible, sharing God's views on what's taking place. These messages are new each weekend and will help you put world events into an eternal perspective. These Mideast Prophecy Updates are also available to watch on our YouTube channel, which you can access through our website. Again, that address is inspiritandtruthradio.com. Thanks for taking the time to listen to God's Word today. We pray it's blessed and encouraged you greatly. Pastor J.D. will continue studying through the book of Psalms when you join us next time, right here on In Spirit and Truth.